and carry the show where we don't just report on french science spirituality and claims of the paranormal but we take pride ourselves yep when they make the claims we show up so you don't have to i'm carrie poppy and i'm ross blotcher and we're back hey. on the ark hey all right the ark in kentucky the ark encounter that's right yeah there's not too many arcs around but there are some not too many there's the golden arches mm-hmm. there is there's the arc de triomphe yeah <laughs> There's actually an Ark replica in the Netherlands. Oh, is there? Yeah. Is it as big? I think not quite as big, but still okay. significantly large. Okay. Maybe maybe made with a smaller cubit. I bet Ken Ham is so proud that his is bigger. <laughs> oh, of course. There's even an Ark in the Santa Cruz Mountains that I'll tell you about in another oh. episode. Yeah. I think there's also one being built in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. So plenty correctly. of arcs. But we are, like you say, talking about the one in Kentucky. And we are currently working our way up the decks to look at every exhibit in the Ark. I was listening to our own podcast on my walk here to record this podcast. Oh, is it any good? Yeah, I liked it. And one, I was very grateful that your brain locks these things. If I had gone and you had not gone, mm -hmm. oh my God, we'd just be like, and then I walked in this boat and then here's what <laughs> happened in the classes. We okay. would get none of this. Okay. But I was listening and I was like, man, he really was getting all of this stuff. Ross Anyway, no, it's impressive because I just don't have that thing. You really have like a photographic, a scenic mind. I also take lots of photos and notes. That's good. And recordings. Thank you. You're welcome. But also as I was listening, I was getting madder and madder mm. about this idea that Noah was a shipbuilder. Oh, yeah, yeah. You texted me and said like, it's really getting on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The more uh, I thought about it, the more I was like, that's the worst option available. To make him a shipbuilder yeah. as his profession. Yeah. Okay, why? All right. I thought it through. So what is the point of the Noah story? What's the lesson? Salvation. Okay. True. Okay. Uh, humans bad, God good. Okay, maybe there's a lot of points to Noah's story. <laughs> but I think the point is Noah listened to God even when people made fun of him. Oh, And okay. even when the message wasn't clear, he did it anyway. Okay. And if he's just a GD shipbuilder, mm -hmm. then the whole story shifts for me. It's like, if my next door neighbor starts building a ship, I'm shocked. Why? Because they're never building ships. But okay. if my next door neighbor builds a ship and it's just a little bigger than his last ship, <laughs> I'm not impressed. I'm not walking around town <laughs> saying, what's going on with Noah? Why is he building an unusually large <laughs> ship? Not out of the ordinary. Yeah. Except in size. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So like a really big ship. So it's like... Like if you have a neighbor who's always building topiaries and now he builds a really big one and you're so weirded out by it that you're like walking around town being like, he's nuts. No, you walk around town saying he's nuts because he's never done anything like this. Okay. And now there's a huge ship. It's a fair point. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, granted, when they said that, I thought, oh, that's kind of brilliant. I never even conceived of that. It was always in my mind. He was something else. Yeah. And now he's building ships You know why? Because you have a brain inside your head. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, all of the imagery that we have of people goading him and making fun of him isn't really in the Bible account. 
Oh, is that right? That's just kind of assumed because it makes sense. Okay, here's another question I had as I was getting madder and madder and walking. Did other people hear from God directly during this time? Yeah, well, you even had one of his very close ancestors, Enoch, who walked with God so closely that he was taken away. And like the implication is that he did not die. God just sort of like, yeah, took him from Mm. the earth. Okay, then, yeah. Okay, so now we have a shipbuilder who talks to God in a world where he already builds ships and people already talk to God. There's nothing <laughs> extraordinary going on. You would just get on the ship. You'd be like, oh, Noah the shipbuilder is building an unusually large ship. Why is he doing that, Paul? Well, because he's talking to God. Oh, that's interesting, because Sandy talks to God, and so does Clarice, and so does Genevieve. So I understand, and nothing about this is alarming, <laughs> and we should all get on the ship. But no, it couldn't have been like that. It had to be unusual. Fair point, though. Also, the implication is that people were abandoning God's ways. So Noah came from this righteous family. Yeah. But not everybody was talking to, as the books I'm reading describe it, you know, the creator. Mm -hmm. So they become sort of like these, not cultists, but they're this sort of isolated religious group. Oh, Noah and his family are? Yeah, so it's... Mm, I, I would, it's I more of a David Koresh. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like a pervasive thing where everybody talks to God. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's the strongest argument. Okay. But still, then it's like everybody should just be listening to the rogue families who have seen visions. I don't know, that doesn't seem like a good system for society. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this is by implication. Like, we also don't have a scene in the Bible where people come and, like, bang on the doors and say, let us in. Like, that's right. all just kind of assumed as well that there was some opportunity for people to be like, oh, this rain's, like, actually happening. This is getting crazy. Yeah, because otherwise it's a really uncomfortable story, even more than it already was. Yeah, and you want to conveniently gloss over all the death and destruction because that always makes God look bad. Yeah, but I think noah was an undertaker oh okay this is your chosen profession for him so yeah. he's used to burying people but now he's building a boat an enormous ship yeah that's where you're like okay. oh neighbor noah not doing so good good that'd be interesting so he's an undertaker so usually he deals in boxes with dead people inside but now he's building a box for life whoa 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 yeah now Hell see yeah. that's some see? symbolism right thank there thank you okay Ken Ham, I can be a story editor. Give me a call. Okay, thank you for letting me get that out of my system. Oh, by all means, a very interesting thought process. Hmm, I like it. Well, you were thinking about that. I was thinking about the absurd genealogy, Adam begetting Seth, begetting Enoch and Methuselah and Lamech and Noah and lining them all up. And it's just so unlike anything we're used to seeing with these people living like 900 plus years old. Mm -hmm. And the way it works out on these charts Methuselah, who is supposedly at least the longest lived human we've ever heard about, 969 years. 69. He would have then died like at the time of the flood based on how, oh, wow. how you compare those numbers. I wonder if he died in the flood. Right. So <gasps> it's like when someone dies of COVID and it's like obvious, but no one will say they died of COVID. <laughs> but it's like, well, they were 78 and they died last June. It's super subtle, but we're going to be talking about a film later in this episode. And Noah even mentions that his grandfather, Methuselah, just died recently. Oh, shit. This is totally what it was. A hundred percent. They were trying to, like, get around that yeah, so Methuselah doesn't die in the flood. Totally. Noah was so feeling so <laughs> awkward every time he was asked. Like, How, hey, how's your uncle? 
Oh, yes, he died pretty recently. <laughs> it was wet. I don't want to talk about it. So the way these timelines line up, this is what was bothering me. Like Noah's supposedly born in the 1056th year of Earth. Okay. And so theoretically, Enos, the grandson of Adam, should still be alive. Like the third oh, wow. generation. Because Noah's wow. in the 10th generation but there should still be people from the third and fourth generation. And God is around. already like, you guys have fucked up so bad. I have to erase most of you. <laughs> it's just, it's so bonkers. All of this is bonkers, but I don't think this happened. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to question. Yeah. Okay. The more I look into I'm it. I'm here for you. All right. Well, let's continue our tour of the ark. So we got on the ark the right way. We went up to the first deck. Thank you. And we saw all of the small animals in cages. Mm -hmm. We saw uh, Noah and his family giving thanks. We saw our introduction to the animal kinds and solutions to some of the questions about just how they fit all these animals on the boat. They left out bugs, stuff like that. So let's keep moving down the first deck. And we're going to revisit a few things we talked about before, before we head up to the second deck. See what's there. Okay. We head towards the bow of the boat, the front. And most of that front portion is kind of taken up by these very long wooden ramps that okay. you use to get up and down to the next deck above or below you. But along the side, more room for signs and exhibits. So when I talked about my tour with Tim Chafee, I was pointing out a few things over in that area. But I noticed a few things that I hadn't gotten to bring up that are kind of fun. First of all, there's this series of posters that talk about all the specifics and they have a diagram of the arc as it really was. So it's shaped just like this arc that we're in, the arc encounter, mm -hmm. but it has all of the floors marked where they think all of the individual animals went. Here's where you would put a bunch of unclean animals. Here's where you'd put flying things. Here's where you'd scoop up poop. Here's where you'd have ventilation. Okay. All of that stuff they'd worked out. Next to it, they have this little infographic called Everything Fits. And I have a cup version of this that has some of the highlights. Mm, I've seen your cup version. Yeah, but your mug. They give you like some fun stats about just how big this thing is and just how many gallons of X and cubic cubits of whatever, you know, that they could pack into the ark. So here's some fun takeaways. 85% of the animals weighed 22 pounds or less. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 7% of animals weighed 22.1 to 220 pounds. Okay. And then an additional 8% of animals weighed over 220 pounds. So again, sure. to deal with our, our concerns about all these gigantic animals. picture rhinoceroses. Remember, we have cats and mice too. Though, as you pointed out, those animals are growing over the course of a year, uh -huh. especially if you bring in even children or juveniles. Yeah, they're mating. Okay, they've worked out multiple sizes of cages. So there's... By their figuring, if they bring in all the animals they think they need to meet the requirements, which, by the way, is going to be 6,744 individual animals. Okay. That, oh, wow. Okay. That meets the requirements of the kinds that they've determined, the 1,398 Well, they think they have the exact number? Yeah. Like, we've worked it out to fulfill all the requirements and all the kinds that we oh. think we need. 6,744 animals were on the ark. Oh, man. I got to remember this. 6,744. Okay. Yeah, 6,000 is a real strong number for the creationists. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, how many years they think we've been around. Exactly. We, meaning the earth. So those animals were divided between 22 extra large cages. Mm-hmm. Two 186 large cages, 293 medium cages, 308 bird cages. Okay. 
174 small cages, 415 amphibian cages. So I know some people are asking about amphibians. They have this whole like kind of terrarium in a pot Mm. idea where you could put some water in it, but also give the gecko or the frog, you know, a little space to sit on dry land if they needed to. All right. So they have 415 of those. And then for the size of the ark itself, they had some fun stats. So you could fit 447 shipping containers in the ark. 447 shipping containers. Oh, like the ones I see on yeah, trains and the stuff. tractor trailers, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. That move goods around. The length of the Titanic was 883 feet. I looked this up. Yeah, because I was like, well, how big was this boat yeah. when I was getting madder? So, <laughs> and then I realized it's not even one Titanic. I not, was like, I'm not even impressed. Yeah, it's five-eighths of a Titanic. Uh, and then the Statue of Liberty would be shorter if you put it on its side. So 306 feet for that. So there you go. The arc as they see it is between the Statue of Liberty and the Titanic. Yeah, okay. This was kind of fun. On the second floor... There was sort of a little in-between space where you could get a good vantage point and see all the way to the back of the arc, all the way to the front, all the way up, all the way down. Good photo spot. And they said from this point to the stern of the arc, it's 242 feet and change, roughly the length of the Sphinx at Giza. Okay. And then if you turn right around, there's another sign saying from this end to the bow of the boat, 250 feet and change. So that's a little longer than a standard Boeing 747 jet airliner. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's big. It's big. It's big and these people have limited interests. (laughs) Fully concede (laughs) that point. So anyways, they've worked it all out where all of these animals would be. Like they really did plan for this arc. And we talked earlier on the Tim Chafee tour about the Noah's Ark model. So they've got this one to 48 scale model of the Ark. Cool. That you can sort of look into and cross section. Very museum quality. Yeah, absolutely. So they've laid it out with all these 3D printed jars of clay and Mm -hmm. wooden containers for the animals and actually laid it out like if we were to really build it, here's what it would look like. There's a diagram right next to those others where they list out Every single animal kind, all 1,398. Whoa, I did not expect them to even try to get this specific. Yeah, so they've given them all names. Whoa, I'm looking at a total list, the entire, what do you call this, the cargo list? What, what, what do you call it? The passenger list. <laughs> passenger list, The total yeah. passenger list of Noah's Ark people. Here it is. And wow. Some, and some of them you multiply by two, some of them you multiply by seven. Okay, just curly cue your finger and pick a random animal and read us the name. Gray Lene. A Gray Lene, a classic animal on Noah's Ark. Xenophidilde. Xenophidilde, we love it. (laughs) Sounds like a many penis dildo. Does. Oh, I like this one. The Pseudoxenodontine. Pseudoxenodontine, the fake dinosaur donald trump (laughs) so my guess from looking at this list is that they have gone through quite a bit of biology to look at all the different species types and and probably focused on like the area of a family in cladistics to say like okay let's bring this family type and call that our kind 
Yes, and then I see. Lump wherever they can and split where they feel they have to. So as far as you know, this list is of actual recognized animals yeah. that yeah. have existed that other zoologists would say, yeah, yeah that would of course, be my that's guess. real. Okay. And when reading their website, they're very clever about talking about experts and they'll just mm-hmm. kind of co-opt, oh, oh, biologists say blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ignore the fact that most biologists would kind of laugh this whole enterprise yes. out of the room. I won't say it now, but I'm so excited about this. I learned while reading a sign later on the bark that they have a term for this study of kinds that they've come up with. And I, oh, cool. I did a double take when I saw like, what is that ology? Oh, you made one up to make it sound like it's a real <laughs> study. So I'll, I'll save that, but it, I love it. Yeah, that's how you get that little, you know, expert slash bias mm-hmm. issue going. Yeah, they really, really cover their tracks on that mm-hmm. quite a bit to make it sound like there's agreement in the scientific community with this enterprise. Gotcha. There's a diagram, which is pretty straightforward. Describing the difference between Noah's Ark and the Ark Encounter. Okay. Just to make sure we're clear, we're not saying this is the actual <laughs> Noah's Ark. Good reality testing poster. <laughs> some people get confused about, apparently. But one oh, of, man. One of I them hope is... they're children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if someone's standing on the Ark and is like, and this is, in fact, Noah's Ark, like, yeah, you got to stop and make sure that person's doing all right. Yeah, hopefully most of them are children. But I feel like at some point I've heard someone say, like, they moved it to Kentucky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, they found Noah's Ark. They kind of put two pieces of half information together. Oh, thought, wow. Oh, that's cool. And they're, they're <laughs> it's on display in Kentucky. <laughs> oh, no. By the time you're on there and see the exit signs in the power outlets. Yeah, you better ho- get it. Hopefully you get it. But one of the differences, for example, on Noah's Ark You have very short ramps that are practical for getting from deck to deck. But Mm -hmm. on the Ark Encounter, you have long, luxurious ramps that give you a great view and the implication of them being ADA ADA accessible. accessible. Right. Like you do. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. I don't think we need to spell all that out. But yes, they are different. They're like, Noah's Ark. Noah was a hero on our Ark. Ken Ham is a hero. (laughs) This was fun. They had a display on how long did it take to build the ark so this is one where they can get a little off the beaten path talking about the scriptural clues to how long it would have taken Mm. noah to actually build the ark yeah i guess it depends on whether he's a fucking shipbuilder or not (laughs) it's gonna play a big role big ship small crew right so how long would you guess it took noah to build the ark well Oh my god. If I assume he wasn't a shipbuilder, which is how I always picture it, then I think it's eight months. If I think he is a shipbuilder, then even though it's really big, I think for five months. Oh wow, that's quite ambitious. Well, okay, scoffer. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty sure it was about seventy-five years it took him. <laughs> To build the ark. (laughs) Oh my God, not worth it. Big building project. Hey, God tells you to do it, you do it. Oh my God. And then they have a little nod to these unlikely views that it took 100 years or 120 years, which are common numbers that people give. And they kind of explain their reason for feeling the Bible wasn't totally explicit about this. I don't know if it's worth getting into any of that, but like there's a verse where it says man's number shall be 120 Mm. And everybody wonders, like, does that mean that'll be our new maximum age? But people after that live longer. Like, Mm. Abraham lived to, like, 165-ish years. Like, Isaac Mm. lived to 180 years. So that's not 
quite the limit later on. Clearly, we don't live longer than 120 years. Maybe we're species number 120. Okay. Maybe the Raelians are right and the Elohim made us in a laboratory and there's a bunch of little experiments and we're experiment number 120. So some people look at that cryptic number, and I like all of your theories on that, and say maybe once he said that there was 120 years between that and the flood. Mm. Like your days are numbered, humankind, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense. But they're like, well, we don't know that Noah started on the ark that moment. Mm-mm. Anyways, like you said, they put a lot of thought into this. But there's also a little sign explaining how long it took to build the Ark Encounter. So that took six years from contract to completion. Hmm. So some little highlights in the building of the Ark. 2010, they got their purchase agreement signed. In 2014, they got enough funding to get going. Okay. On July 5th, 2016, they had their ribbon cutting. Two days later, July 7th, was their grand opening of 2016. Okay. So uh, pretty fast, all things considered. Took them a lot less time than Noah. Yes. I think, though, if God tells you to build something because he's about to kill everybody, you should work fast. Yeah, it's a good point. But at the same time, you know it's going to happen. God told you it's going to happen. So it's not like the floods are going to come. You're going to be like, oh, shoot. Well, I didn't build a boat fast enough. God's going to wait because he wants his prophecy to come true. Oh, you think so? Yeah. You're bringing up a point that kept coming up for me reading the novelization. I've been talking about this remnant trilogy that's kind of tied to this exhibit and that it's painting the backstory for Noah. Yeah. Anyway, so God does appear to Noah, gives him this message. And you just think like how this would color your interactions with everybody because there are righteous people in his life. And you're thinking, well, either this person's not getting on the boat. Yeah. Or they're going to die. And I just finished the second book recently and I just bought the third book and already all of these people close to Noah are dying in advance of the flood because clearly you don't want to set up this awkward situation where it's like, well, God only said I should bring my wife and my sons and their wife. So sorry, I guess you're going to die. Oh, man. So weird. Yeah, it's not a real just God picture, is it? And Noah will get into peril. And he'll know that he's going to live because, well, God said, I'm going to build this boat. Oh, interesting. And in the same way. To get out of jail free card. He's gotten into his later years and he doesn't have sons yet. And he said, well, God said, I'd bring my son. So we know it's not going to be too soon because I have to have all these sons. Wow. Okay. When you have certainty in prophecy. This is so not the message that I want people to carry, though. Like, if Mm. someone hears voices in their head, which is, like, really common, I want Mm -hmm. them to, like, stop and ask other people whether they hear them and how should we grok the situation and can we figure it out together? Could this mean anything other than God talking to me? Mm -hmm. Are there ways to test it out? Maybe show that it could not be God? Yeah, that's important information. The guy who did it right is the guy who was like, nope, I hear this in my head. And that's what I'm sticking with. And no external evidence is going to change that. It actually seems like not good behavior. Fair point. Not a good takeaway. Yeah. Well, sorry, this is not the tale for that. (laughs) Okay. There was another interesting sign that was just looking at the word that's used for ark in the original Mm. Hebrew. It's called teva. That word only gets used one other time. That's when describing the thing that Moses was floating in when when he went down the river. Yeah, a little basket thing. So they're like, oh, maybe it says something more about its purpose than its construction. Uh Yeah, it's made for preserving life. Though it's interesting, later on we'll talk about some of the other flood myths. Mm -hmm. And some of those constructions were more like big baskets. Oh, okay. Than anything else. So I don't know. That's a little interesting. They had a sign talking about like the 
hull and how they built that to withstand all the shearing of the waves and stuff like that. Some notes on shipbuilding. They also had a sign explaining about gopher wood. We've talked about that because Noah was told to build with gopher wood. That's not a thing. That we oh, know right, of. Right. So maybe it was a different type of wood that's now extinct. Maybe it's something else. Who knows? People have said that it's cypress. They're not convinced by Character that argument. Character on the love boat named Gopher. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So just in case you were curious, the columns in the Ark Encounter and the headers are Douglas fir. The lodge poles are Engelman spruce. The flooring mm. is bamboo and white fir. And the exterior wood is radiata pine. We've talked about that. So there you go. Now you know what kind of wood the actual Ark Encounter is built out of. Okay, this place has lots of information, maybe too much. (laughs) They didn't have any gopher wood. Okay, so then we get to the Ark sponsors. So there's a couple big, big thank you displays. Oh, yeah. Do you see any names you know? Listing all the people. There was somebody with the last name Gingrich. Which got my attention. Oh, interesting. Uh, I couldn't find any immediate relationship to Newt. But there were different levels. You could be, this is cute, an Arc Beam sponsor, an Arc Plank sponsor, a Charter Lifetime Boarding Pass owner, hmm. Peg. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> little tiny helper. I, I don't know what the dollar amounts were for these. But if you had donated money, they have this little website where you can go and locate where your beam plank or... Oh. Peg. Peg is on the boat. Like it'll show you. That's pretty cool. On the arc. Yeah. Uh, pretty clever. And uh, lots of other like families and, you know, this couple who had donated this exhibit or paid for this particular animatronic or whatever it was. That's cool. Yeah. Good so for them keeping track of all that. Little list of credits there. And that's pretty much it for the first floor. The bow area is like the stern, mostly empty. So you can just kind of go look at the construction. There's a couple benches there if you're tired and need to sit for a bit. On the the back side, let's say that, the one attached to those buildings oh, that uh-huh. you don't see from the front, mm-hmm. that's where the bathrooms are as well. So okay. on each deck, there's bathrooms you can go in. And actually, I was surprised that they had gender neutral bathrooms, which I thought oh. was pretty nice. Yeah, that's cool. Just kidding. They didn't do that. Oh, they didn't do no, that? No, they would oh, never cool, do that. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's the law there. But then I was like, oh, Kentucky? <laughs> no, just male and female. Ah, uh, sure. That's how they created them. <laughs> and... <laughs> So each floor had a bathroom, but you technically have to walk like out of the exterior of the ark to go into that adjoining building. That's where all the plumbing is. Okay. But still. Yeah, that's a long way to go if you need to poop. When I went to the bathroom, it was just kind of fun knowing I'm going to the bathroom on the ark. Yeah, just as Noah did. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I think we mentioned that Tim Chafee even said that they wanted to create a Noah's bathroom exhibit not a dedicated exhibit but like a display in the exhibit of his housing quarters just to show "Eh, here's how we figured out human latrines oh but they didn't do it not yet i think they want to yeah they should totally i want to know what's happening there just like into a hole or no just like you have that little cagador pooping in the corner of the nativity scene it makes it more real yeah by the way in the bathrooms Mm -hmm. every stall and every urinal has in front of it like a fun little animal fact okay Cool. With illustrations. Those are kind of fun. I will give you one animal fact. The largest beaver lodge discovered so far was as big as a house, nearly 1,600 square feet and 16 feet high. Whoa, beaver lodge, you said? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. That's cool. During the winter, other animals like muskrats share the beaver's lodge. Makes sense. It's nice. Yeah, it's cool. I bet they have tea in there. Yeah, a little Airbnb or timeshare, a little timeshare situation. Airbnb. Mm. Airbnb. Yes, keep working on it. Uh, I'm going to workshop this tonight. (laughs) 
Dear reading glasses, it's been years since I've been able to read. I missed it so much, but I had no idea where to start. I felt so overwhelmed. But thanks to your show, now I'm back to enjoying books again and feeling like a reader. Love, Sarah. Yeah, that's an email we actually answered. Okay, maybe not that email specifically, but one just like it, because most of our listeners are named Sarah. (laughs) We're Reading Glasses, and we're here to solve all your reader problems. We give advice, help you find books you love, and discuss reading without making you feel pressured. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll help you do it better. Reading Glasses, every week on Maximum Fun. All right, so let's head up to the second floor. Let's get on the ramp. Do, 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 do. Stop, turn around. Do, 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 do. Okay, so this lets us out on the second floor. And kind of the first exhibit sort of sitting right in front of you leads you into creation and then the pre-flood world. Okay. So they have a separate creation museum that gets into, not that there's a ton of detail. I was going to say that gets into this in more detail, but the creation story is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's all laid out here. It doesn't take up a ton of space. The creation story is very simple and yet starts over within like two paragraphs. In the small amount of space, it's told twice. (laughs) Good point. Drafts one and two both got in. All right. So as you walk into this creation area, there are these lovely paintings. And of course, there's uh, seven panels sort of angled out from the wall towards you to beckon you in. Got your day one. And there's this lovely rendering of... The firmaments, the sky, the light being created. In day two, you've got all these clouds and waters below. And then day three, you've got the plants being created and you've got all these lovely trees. And this is my favorite transition in the creation story. Day four, they make the sun, the moon, <laughs> and the the stars. <laughs> and like pretty much the bulk of everything that's ever existed in the universe is all like containing those three words and the stars Mm -hmm. yeah i just love that trees existed for a day before the sun did yeah it's just humans thinking they're the center of everything where was all this other light coming from and did it go away after the sun what are the plants eating magic really hard to yeah there's no light house photosynthesis happening (laughs) none of it makes sense (sighs) then you've got day five that's where all of the sea creatures and birds of the air are created. And then <laughs> day six, you get all your things that crawl on the earth. And of course, your man and your woman. Or you just get your man. And then at some undetermined point in the future, you get your woman, mm-hmm. depending on which story you want to read. And of course, day seven, God rested. And they have a separate little panel just to let us know. Yes, these were literal 24-hour days because it says they were marked by an evening and a morning. But again, you didn't even have the sun and the moon until day four. <laughs> oh, good point. So what did they, <laughs> what are you even saying? We're saying we will not give up on this. That's what they're telling you over and over. <laughs> ah, the creation story. Okay, so then they have this idyllic mural of Adam and Eve in a pool. You know, they're naked, but they found a way not to show their naughty bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the midst of this waterfall and there's an eagle flying nearby and there's dinosaurs in the background. Always dinosaurs. Can you turn that a little? Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, this looks like Fern Gully meets Land Before Time meets Avatar. Uh, Peter Pan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Avatar with white people. Yeah, yeah, Though yeah. I guess they were middle brown. That's what Answers in Genesis oh, has determined right. for Adam and Eve. It also kind they of look looks like here. Thomas Kincaid painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a particular art style here. I'm showing Carrie the next mural called God Creates the Perfect World. 
And to me, this looks like kind of concept art for a fantasy game, mm-hmm. like something you might see at Blizzard that makes World of Warcraft. I'm going to call it Arc Deco. Cat. That's my name for this art style. It's good, but also a little cartoony, like the way that the humans mm-hmm. are. Uh, Mm -hmm. render their facial expressions and stuff. But I mean, it's very competent artwork. Really reminds me of the drawings in our Mormon church. Yeah, yeah. And even kind of adjacent to the the end time seminar, the... Amazing facts. Amazing facts. Thank you. So yeah, they've got their staff artists and do a good job. So this one is letting us know that God originally created perfect humanity, perfect authority, (laughs) perfect marriage. Oh, that's going to be bundled into that one, I bet. A wonderful world. Again, the creation portion isn't too large. They have a separate museum for this, and there's really not much to cover. But there's also this lovely video I'm going to show Carrie that has quite a bit of effects work in it. Pretty cool. Yeah, so kind of CG representations of the waters churning and animals just being created and running galloping out of these, into life. Yeah, like coming out of these dust clouds that God is sending over the land to create animals. Yeah, great for a little fantasy game. Yeah, cute. So after you've learned about this perfect creation, then you walk out of that little section and you see this big wall coming up ahead of you. And as Tim Chafee introduced this, you see the very first lie. Uh-oh. And it quotes Genesis 3, 4 saying, The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Whoa. You will not surely die. Oh, if she eats the fruit. Yeah. Right. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> it's the <laughs> if- first time that joke was <laughs> said. So God tells her, I'm sorry to be stuck on this, but God tells her. <laughs> no, this is the moment to be stuck on this. <laughs> that there is a tree that if she eats from it, she will have too much knowledge and it will kill her. And the serpent correctly Mm -hmm. is like, nah, man, go eat the fruit. You will have more knowledge, but you're not going to (laughs) die. You're right. That's a correct statement. She didn't die. And she eats the fruit. Right then, eventually she dies. Yeah, she eats the fruit. It is not poison. She just becomes mortal, I guess. Is that when she becomes Mm -hmm. mortal? Okay. So in that sense, it's kind of true. It's like in the Greek myths where, you know, someone gets converted from God to mortal Yeah. You lost your immortality. Right. Okay. I see why you wouldn't want to lose your immortality. But I think the snake is just like, listen, lady, you weren't immortal to begin with. That's nonsense. Go and have some fruit. They were created perfectly. They were created to live forever. That was the intention. I just don't think that's true. (laughs) Fair. So as we come in, we see this sign saying, man's rebellion corrupts creation. And here we have the fall that came from that lie. So you see Eve and she's reaching for a fruit and they're clear to make it. Ooh, that's cool. Make it not look like (gasps) an apple. It's more like a bunch of grapes that she's reaching for. I'm going to use this image because one of my goals this year is to hold a snake because I'm kind of afraid of snakes. Oh, okay. But she's like reaching for the fruit and it's like very longing, slightly sexual, great painting. And then he, the snake's right there and it's like, just turn and grab the snake. Do you need access to a snake? Because my friend Sam and Amers have two snakes. Oh, yeah? They're very friendly. Okay, okay. They'll let you hold them. 
Okay. What kind of snake? Oh, shoot. Now I'm going to feel really bad for not remembering this. Snake, if you're listening, just plug up your it, ears. It's a sizable snake, though. You can put it around your neck and stuff. And okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's okay. a nerve-wracking Yeah, yeah. I just have thought. that okay. thing. I have that natural mm-hmm. phobia. Fair, it's genetic. Fair. Yeah. It's very common, too. But it's got a nearly 100% cure rate if you stay in the room until the panic goes away. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do it. I can say that my time with these snakes was very pleasant. Nice. And you got to think, what was it like for the poor snake kind that was on the ark? Like, did they get sort of put in a corner? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why we're even saving you. <laughs> yeah, good point. I've always wondered about the poor snakes on the on Yeah, the you'd think we just wouldn't have snakes anymore in this. Yeah, they were cursed. Mythology. Can I can I just leave them? Yeah, right. And also, I mean, come on, all these other snakes, they don't possess Satan in them. So why are they suffering? But are, on were bellies? snakes cursed, though, after the serpent? Yeah, okay, well, goodness, we're getting into... All these silly, fun little debates. So the Bible makes it sound like the snake used to have legs. And because it was cursed. (laughs) Not true. Carrie closes her eyes. Wrong. (laughs) I mean, they do have vestigial appendages. Their predecessors did have arms. but I see. uh, Okay. All right. Here it's because of the curse that they are forced to slither on their belly. But it's like. That one snake, that one serpent is somehow representing all serpent kind. And they're all just like we're suffering for Eve's yeah. sin and Adam's sin. They're all suffering. For, this is biblical, though, that they're. Yeah, cursed. I mean, the curse makes it sound pretty clear that this it's is nice. why you're on your belly now. Yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Well, OK. Yeah. These should not be on the ark, though. This serpent in this artistic illustration I mean, it looks a little dragon-like in the face, but it's still crawling around like a modern serpent. They haven't drawn it with legs or arms. Yeah, good point. Interesting. Yeah, it should be like a little talking crocodile if that's what they want. Yeah, so these are the things people debate. I love how they've rendered this tree. Again, it looks like concept art for a fantasy video game. Yeah, that's very Avatar or Atlantis. Oh, Atlantis. Okay. Yeah, like they've inverted the colors. So all the leaves are bright orange, intense orange, and there's this big, thick blue trunk. But yeah, it's kind of like a weeping willow that's turned orange and gotten a thick, curved trunk. This is interesting because we were talking a lot about Eve's culpability. Mm -hmm. This came up recently. One of our listeners, Avi Steiner, he sent me this video by Dan McClellan, who does a lot of really great theological breakdowns on the Bible. He actually comes from a Mormon background, but does Mm. really great scholarship. Anyway, so he was pointing out that in Genesis, well, one version in particular, the RSV took out a phrase that appears in all the versions that I'm used to. RSV. Oh, the Revised Revised Standard Standard Version version of Mm -hmm. the Bible. Okay. Took out a little like preposition when it describes that Eve took of the fruit and gave it to Adam who was with her. And the RSV takes that Mm. out, introduces like the assumption that there was a time period between when Eve was deceived, took this fruit, and then, oh, she goes, finds Adam later. Right. But that one little crucial preposition there says Mm. that Adam was with her. This wasn't his discovery, but he was pointing it out that someone else had made this point. I remember growing up that I feel like already our churches felt it was very progressive to not try to put all the blame on Eve, that they would Mm -hmm. try to equally distribute it to Adam. 
But it's funny, while I was there, while I was looking at the sign, reading it, photographing it, there was a guy next to me who was very loudly kind of telling his little family group, it was Eve, and like making it very clear that Eve is really the one to blame. She was the first to sin. She was deceived, and then she deceived Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, buddy, <laughs> you say yeah, your piece. These myths really give you a really convenient justification if you have hangups about the ladies. Mm-hmm. Though the next sign is Adam's sin brings death. Which is interesting because mm. it's like mm. it's kind of putting it more on Adam, but it's also giving him a little more credit. Like well, <laughs> right. once, once he sinned, now that really doomed all of oh, us. Oh, right. Or once his woman sinned, obviously this reflected on him, the head of the household. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, kind of pointing to him as the spiritual head of the house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, well, once he succumbed to this, you know, we could have gotten rid of her. I mean, she was already She's just a dumb little lady. She was already the second wife. We got rid of Lilith. Oh, right. <laughs> Let's get rid of Eve, make a third one. Of course, that's not from the Bible, but it's right. from longstanding literature. I forgot about little old Lilith. She yeah. had a whole fair. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It was named after her. Very cool. Okay, so now the earth, terrible. We got to curse the snake and all of that. This dragon-looking snake is very... It's so weird. I, I really don't understand the whole separation between this particular serpent and all snakes and what's supposed to be going on there. It's almost like this didn't happen. Anyways, <laughs> then we get to another display. God provides a substitute. Oh! Oh my God, those snake heads. Sorry. I don't even know what these are. These are some sort of unnamed animals, but Uh. now we have our first sacrifice. And yeah, these poor little creatures are just glowing because they're burning on on an altar. Oh my God. Being offered up to God. It's what a like, gruesome image. Yeah, and it's this abusive parent dynamic where it's like, well, there has to be punishment. Yes. And so someone needs to suffer. Yeah, you just mm, you just sin. That's real bad. I'm gonna kill these animals because you did that. Yeah. Oh, you don't like that, do you? Right, right. Oh, you found figs to cover. But you're yourself? grateful that it wasn't you, aren't you? <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, you uh covered yourself up with figs because you realize you're naked now. And they even illustrate this. Well, now I'm gonna kill some animals and give you clothes made of fur you got to wear those is a symbol of your sin fuck yeah <laughs> yeah they have this carries reacting to this arc deco altar with these poor grilled animals looking awful they look kind of like baby pigeons but you know being burned alive they kind of look like Good lord she's like almost rabbits mixed with turtles I don't know. That is kind of what baby pigeons look like. Okay. But I mean, maybe maybe that's not an accessible example. <laughs> okay. But okay. obviously, they look really miserable, too. All right. So then God banishes Adam and Eve, and they've got the illustration of the angel standing guard outside of Eden. And uh, now they have to go off and labor. There's a display, Cain murdering Abel. They've illustrated that. <laughs> like this depiction yeah Cain's got a rock over his head he's about to kill Abel who's a foot in front of him and Abel is doing the universal symbol for I'm looking this other way <laughs> yeah he's got his, he's got his hand flat over his eyes to shield them I wonder even, what's to my left even though in this illustration the sun is behind them which <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that. The lighting is all off in this. but Oh, yeah. He'd see a huge shadow of his brother holding a stone over his head. Yeah, he would. <laughs> oh, I wonder what's over this way to my left. I, I hope my brother's not killing me on my right. <laughs> I did not notice that in the moment, but I'm so glad you, you noticed the universal symbol for I'm looking very intently in the wrong direction. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Cain has this stone a little bigger than his brother's head that he's about to bring crashing down on him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Abel. 
You're yeah. going to be sorry for looking that way. So as you can see, the world's just getting to be a much worse place. Yeah, Abel's a real idiot. So now we get to this other section where we're moving away from that first family and we're just starting to talk about the corruption that's taking over the world in the first 1,650 years of Earth's history. So it's kind of this mirror display that's like the creation where you have these angled panels and seven of them. But this is talking about man's wantonness, his deceit, Mm. his corruption. We are bad, exactly. So now you've got, instead of day one, day two, day three, you've got civilization. And they give little Bible references to let you know what they're referring to. Again, very skeletal. There's so little info, but they're trying trying to make a lot out of a little just because we don't learn much about what it was that people were doing that was so bad. Yeah. But the idea is that people were starting to build these big civilizations, trying to exert control over nature and each other. Polygamy. Polygamy is very bad according to Answers in Genesis. And you see this guy, he's, he's surrounded by wives in front of him. And yet so many of the patriarchs had multiple wives. Yeah, I wonder why they're singling this out. And they don't get called on it in the Bible. Yeah. So. Huh. yeah, that's interesting that they'd pick out polygamy. I don't feel like that's usually a big talking point in the evangelical church. Yeah, so <laughs> I feel like it is kind of a specific answers in Genesis. Yeah, Huh. Uh, I wonder, does Ken Ham, he's not like a former Mormon or anything? No. Okay. No. Huh. Music. So you've got like a little partial verse that mentions that one of the sons was the father of all those who play music. Oh, no. So Music is bad? You know, if it's done in the wrong spirit. So you've got these people, you know, they're dancing maybe a little too wantonly. I don't know. Wait, okay, but polygamy is just bad, period, right? Yeah. According to these people. Mm -hmm. So shouldn't music just be bad, Period, if they're using parallelism in their yeah. banners at all. I feel like they're really struggling. Like, oh, what can we, how can we make seven of these? Because <laughs> we need that parallel can structure. Can someone think of seven bad things? Yeah. Well, music can be done in uh, a bad spirit. Cars too? I, I don't know. I feel like they were working hard because the next one is metal working. And they've got this illustration again, <laughs> looks straight out of some sort of fantasy polygamy game. music metalworking what on earth are we depicting here metalworking and they're trying to make these weapons look like kind of torturous weapons i guess sure what yeah they're really grasping at straws giants? giants yeah these categories don't go together what? what is this list so there were people in these days that were giants called the nephilim in the account but again we're just left to ask like what does that mean Another big problem I have while we're talking about little weird peccadillos with the scripture is that you have these sons of God who come down and have children with the daughters of men. Right. So you're like, okay, are these angels? What are these beings that are coming and having these mutant children? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're given this term Nephilim, and in many places it's translated as giant. So the idea was that these men of renown, these giants, walked the land. So... When Tim Chafee goes off on his whole deal, because he's really interested in giants, and he's talking about all of these people who are spotted as giants later on in the Bible, like Goliath and the people who lived in Canaan before the Israelites came to take their promised land. You have to wonder, where did they come from? Who did they descend from? Was Mm. there a giant on the ark? Like, how would that bloodline have been reinstated after the flood that you have more giants? Oh, because there were more afterward. I see. Yeah, they should have died off. Okay. Yeah, why is this even included then on these 
banners. Well, this is just an example of how the world was becoming corrupted because you had these unnatural sexual relations between the sons of God, yeah. whoever those are, but, and I the mean, daughters but of men. God's supposed to wipe out all the bad stuff. That's the whole idea here. Well, right. This is just establishing why it's so bad that he needs to wipe it out. I know, but if the giants come back, he didn't do it. Right, exactly. So, and if violence comes back and music. I feel like we have a very serious plot hole here that the giants came back somehow. How did that happen, Tim Chafee? Yeah, it is. But also just this list, giants, violence, polygamy, music, metalworking. That yeah. is not a list of anything. Yeah, you've named the one after giants there. Violence. Yep. So there's lots of violence. Yeah, these are not the same categories. Very strange. If this were a list on the SAT and they were like, what's the theme between these? I would have no idea. What's <laughs> Which what's one similar? doesn't belong? Yeah, All of them. Yeah. What's similar between giants, violence, polygamy, music, and metalworking? <laughs> oh, that's everything that was wrong with you. Before Noah's Ark. <laughs> what? Correct. Yeah, no, 100%. That doesn't make any sense. I don't think this happens. <laughs> all right. Strong take. <laughs> so all of the perfect stuff that God created has been corrupted. Somehow mm. that was unavoidable. Music. And it's all got to be destroyed. But they really want to drive it home and show us just how horrible everything God. They really want us to feel, you know, just how awful people were at the time. And so they've depicted this here. And this is the thing I'm most excited to show you today, Carrie. Oh. These dioramas that they've created. Okay. Depicting the evil of, of the pre-flood world. Exactly. But first, Carrie. Yes. We should talk about websites. Oh! Thank you. Finally, I love to talk about the internet. I know it's true. And usually when we're just hanging out, Carrie's like, can we talk about websites? I'm saying, not yet, Carrie. Hold your horses. Hang on. And your dot horses. I need to tell you a nine-hour story about the Ark. <laughs> then, That's right. <laughs> then we can talk about websites. You know, I personally love any website that can make another website, but especially one that can make a beautiful website. No kidding. And self-replication is really the key to the beginning of life mm -hmm. on the earth and also on the internet. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. you say, the website where you can create your own websites is Squarespace.com. You go there and you start making your own website. You don't even have to pay up front. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You just start building it. and See if you like it. See if they come. And you don't like it, walk away. That's right. But if you do and you're like, oh, this is so easy, I can like start with a template, then I can make it my own. Or if I really want to get in and like get nitty gritty with the programming, the back end markup, I can do it. And then you pay for it once you're ready to like make a product out of this, mm -hmm. make a website, mm -hmm. share your business. Share your projects, share yourself. Exactly. It is an all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. And you can create pro-level videos effortlessly. The Squarespace Video Studio app helps you make and share engaging videos to tell your story, grow your audience, and drive sales. And you can also schedule your classes, your sessions, whatever, in an online booking client that Squarespace adds right to your website. Clients can easily see your availability or reschedule if needed, and it takes the hassle out of coordinating your GD calendars. And every website and online store on Squarespace comes with the full suite of integrated features and useful guides to help you get good search results. So head to squarespace.com slash oh no for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code oh no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, no metal working required.
What happens when you give a bug recreational drugs? What was the first recorded sound? How do we figure out how old the Earth is? Let's find out together on our show, Let's Learn Everything, where we learn anything and everything interesting. My name's Caroline, and I studied biodiversity and conservation. My name's Tom, and I studied computer science and cognitive blah blah blah. blah. Mm, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Ella, and I studied stem cells and regenerative medicine. On our show, we do as much research as you would for a class, but we don't get in trouble for making each other laugh. And we get to say f. <laughs> on the trailer <laughs> subscribe to let's learn everything every other thursday on maximum fun all right carrie you ready for the pre-flood world uh yeah okay hit me with that antediluvian story <laughs> so they warn us that the remainder of this exhibit presents an artistic representation of what the world may have been like okay so none of this is necessarily scriptural okay uh, they're just trying to run wild with like what would this depraved world look like that just needs to be completely and utterly destroyed so much metal we, so much music we want to <gasps> metal music we, yeah ooh, oh, oh extra bad we want to remove everybody's empathy for these people so that we'll understand mm -hmm. that God did the just mm -hmm. and right thing in mm -hmm. killing them, including the children. Mm -hmm. Right? Sure. It's what you got to do to sell a holy war. An interesting thing about biblical morality is that it's like doled out on a people group basis. Like there's no smart bombs. <laughs> like, I don't know. He was able to turn Lot's wife into a pillar of salt later, mm -hmm. but... For some reason, he can't just kill the evildoers. Oh. Everybody's got to go. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think that God could just smite anybody at any moment. Yeah, be a little more uh, precision instrument about it. Yeah. Um, anyways. All heart attacks at the same time. Good thing that uh, Noah's three sons just happened to find the three perfect wives who were blameless. Good on them. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay, so you, <laughs> yeah, anyway. you wander into this exhibit and you're met with this. Ooh, this looks like the Lion King. This mural, very dramatic, that depicts this large city with these kind of ziggurat type structures, these tall standing pyramids, and says, imagine a godless world. Okay. Full of sorrow, full imagine of despair, full of bloodshed, full of death. Okay. And so Kira's like, okay. Can do. I'm picturing it. Got it. Got it. So there's all kinds of smoke rising up into the air from these altars that are burning. We've got like a bunch of guys wearing very elaborate robes and they're conducting some sort of ceremony. But what really stands out is on this other kind of pyramid structure, you have this big snake sculpture with glowing eyes. So I know a bit about this because... All of this is mirrored in that book series that I'm reading that's fleshing out this pre-flood oh, yeah. world. So I know the name of this snake. Oh. It's Nahash. Nahash. Okay. Yeah. It's like a cult that kind of grows up, but then the king of this kingdom named Lamech, who has multiple wives, he has two wives, very bad. He encourages- Probably a metal worker. <laughs> His son is the metal worker, but oh, wow. turns out the metal worker is actually good dude oh my God. in the book. So confused. He's a confidant and best friend of Noah, but happens to be a son of the evil king. They work it all out. Okay. Yeah, you have this uh, sort of cult of the serpent and wisdom. So mm -hmm. we talked about how, like, in their representation of this, and again, they realize it's all supposition, but they're trying to find a credible way this could have all shook down. They're going out and collecting the knowledge of the world and going to all these different kingdoms and trying to build a temple to knowledge. And then you have this 
snake and they put up a giant sculpture to the snake and kind of like you have in other biblical stories they force everyone to bow to it and if they Mm. don't they're killed or well you'll see what happens to them so big dramatic mural bold like oranges and gray and yeah it's just it's very sinister looking all right so then we get to a diorama of an arena Whoa. So this is like the Roman arenas. Yeah. Where or, you, yes. Either two people fight or one person fights a vicious animal. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So this was heavily drawing on much later Roman traditions, but they're thinking, well, maybe something like this would have gone on. I got so excited and I was taking as many photos as I could. Now, you mentioned sometimes they'd pit people against people. Sometimes they'd pit people against animals. Mm-hmm. What animal do you see in this scene that is entering the arena? Okay, I rose from my chair to look, expecting to see a familiar face, (laughs) and it's some kind of dinosaur lizard thing, very big. Yep, it's a dinosaur, so... Okay, yeah, cool. They've made this elaborately sculpted arena. You've got people in the audience up above kind of the kill floor, and then you've got people down below who are suffering, fighting for their existence. And yeah, one of them is holding up a knife as a dinosaur, giant dinosaur comes lunging at him. If you just looked at it, you'd think, oh, okay, like T-Rex with horns and they've like put gold on the horns. They mentioned in the books exactly which type of dinosaur they depicted. And I can't remember. Very Jurassic Park kitchen scene. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And correct me if I'm wrong, humans and dinosaurs, we did not live together. I won't correct you because you are not wrong. <laughs> okay. They okay. did not. So this is goofy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing like this ever happened. Okay. Or could have happened. Just making sure I'm not missing a key point. But. This is, in fact, goofy. This is the kind of thing they're trying to put in everybody's head. Right. At every opportunity is that dinosaurs and humans live together. And they've got multiple murals and artistic depictions pairing them up with each other. And I'm sure that if we did, this is the kind of shit we'd get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is just mayhem. you got this guy who's just, like, kind of screaming right at you like women who are barely clothed. You've got a giant in the arena and he is modeled after Tim Chafee. So he looks just like him. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh And this was another theme. They kept trying to find that perfect balance between suggesting horrible things being done, but also making this a family-friendly oh, right. exhibit. Mm-hmm. So you've got this- Hard source material for that. Giant, like holding a woman by her hair and this scene plays out in the book. So I know her name is, I think, Zedekal. <laughs> it's like she's being held by the hair while he's about to plunge the spear into her. But he actually skewers her in the book. And you can tell that's wow. a, what's about to happen here. And he's got like blood on his lips. Oof. Yeah, it's brutal. And then up in the stands, you've got all of these, of course, just corrupted humans clapping, cheerful. They're loving this. This is great. And then you've got guards up above with bows and arrow ready to shoot anybody if things go wrong. And then you've got the king watching over from the side. And he's got one lady. I don't know. looks like she's kind of kissing his forehead. But he's got this other lady who's maybe his other wife on the other side. But there's a woman pouring a drink for him who's also looking kind of lustfully at mm-hmm. all of this. So, oh, just so much evil going on. All these hot women. Oh. Yeah. Too much hotness. But, I mean, you know, again, artistically. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, it's well put together. These are well sculpted and everything, but what what a scene that yeah. they painted. Wow. With people being attacked by a dinosaur and a giant in an arena to a bunch of cheering 
drinking guests. Jurassic Coliseum. Then we've got another mural slash painting called Abuse of Creation. And you can see this guy with his, you know, metal work cutting off <sighs> the horns of dinosaurs. So oh, again, we've yeah. got. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, never mind. You understand that one? Yeah, yeah. Don't cut off a dinosaur's horn. Leave that on the dinosaur. Yeah, totally. So yeah, metal work bad. Okay, there we go. Now you're against metal work. So yeah, they're burning the environment. They're killing dinosaurs. Strange that none of this shows up in any kind of archaeological record, but okay. Then we get to another scene, and this is kind of in a palace that has sort of an Egyptian look to it. And you've got women dancing around, and you know, it's seductive. They're clothed as little as you possibly can on a mm. family-friendly exhibit mm. so as you move around you've got yeah look at that dancing probably i bet there's even music carrie i bet at this point the kids don't even grok that they're supposed to interpret this all as bad Quite it's possibly. just a party scene here we go here's musicians so you've got some guy playing like a, a proto harp oh harps yeah and this guy is playing like two instruments you can't play two instruments at once this is evil <laughs> He's got little horns sticking out of either side of his mouth. There's someone playing the drums. And yeah, these women are dancing around all lasciviously. And then on these benches, watching this whole scene of decadence, you have that same king that you saw earlier, and he's got women draping all over him. And a guy holding up his drink, and there's a woman kind of laying against his chest and draping her arm around his head. But then right next to him, you have a man who's looking at him very intently, and mm. something tells me they're suggesting, mm. like, I bet there was even some homosexuality right, going on. Right, right. And then people just, like, drunk. And there's one guy who's just sort of passed out over the same bench that they're laying on. Look at all this food, the gluttony going on. Oh, Is this before or after Sodom and Gomorrah? Before Sodom and Gomorrah. Before. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. People just go right back to it. So it seems like... the And God knows that. He can see everything. Yeah. It seems like the flood wasn't a permanent solution. No. But that was a question I asked Tim was, okay, well, I'm guessing then it hasn't gotten as bad as it was before right, the flood. Right, exactly. And he was willing to admit, yeah, I guess logically this was worse than anything we've seen in our times or just worse on average. Yeah. Did you hear about the music? <laughs> right. How bizarre. Yeah, they are really having to fight for this notion that things were worse. So as you're walking through this dark hallway, the music has also gotten much darker and sinister and you hear like the sounds of people screaming or crying or in anguish and to the right and left all these dioramas so there's another one that shows the top of this temple mm -hmm. so you can see priests of some sort sort of working their way up towards the snake god who's depicted a little differently here now it's like a human body in gold with a snake head popping out of it and along the sides you see these temple prostitutes you know you can assume what's going on there like a man leading one of the prostitutes into a private chamber mm. and there's sculptures of the snake and they're wearing robes, but you know, they're looking provocative. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like a sculpture of this woman with her boobs just covered. So yeah, all very uh, suspicious and dark and suggestive, suggestive, right? Lots of suggesting happening here. And I know all of you are wanting to see these pictures now. I will, at the very least, post them on our Facebook page, or I'll find a cleverer way to post them, but I'll link to them on our Facebook page. So okay. go ahead and go there, and we'll share these out, because you got to see them. They're wild. Uh, so then we get a mural that shows much further on, now 
the waters have risen. The ark is aloft in the flood. You can see plumes of water shooting out from the deeps, pandemonium. And you've got these people that you just saw. Now they're standing on a rock and looking helpless and going, oh no, save us. Oh, come back, boat. Again, not a scene that's actually in the Bible, but the artwork itself is titled, The Pre-Flood World Was Exceedingly Wicked and Deserved to Be Judged. And then it asks, does our sin-filled world deserve any less? Okay, yeah. Ask and, and answer that. Yeah. I, well, I need to Do know. We? Yeah. So there we go. Now we've seen just how bad it can get and what the punishment is. It's death. Very dramatic mural. So they have a sign here, divine judgment. Jesus spoke about the days prior to the flood in Matthew 24. He said that the people went about their regular activities eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. They were unaware of the coming judgment until the flood swept them all away. Jesus also likened the state of the world at the time of his return to the condition of the world in the days of Noah. That's interesting. So Jesus made the comparison of his time oh, yes. to the time before the flood. So that's interesting. We're still around 2,000 years later. Like the implication is that there's a coming judgment. Oh, right, right. In the end of the world. I think Jesus thought that. Yep, I think he did. So as you walk out of there, you've not only been hearing all the sounds of screaming and anguished mothers losing their children, but you're also hearing a film playing in the background. And the stern of the ship on the second deck has been kind of reserved for this repeat screening of a film called The Noah Interview. Oh, I've seen The Noah Interview. That's right. So not only can you watch it there, if you sit on one of the benches, seats about uh, at least 100 people there. They were screening it every like 25 minutes or so because that's about the length of it. But we also have a subscription to Answers.TV. Yes, we do. And so I was able to share this with Carrie. And now we have both seen the Noah interview. Oh, my goodness. Well, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) I first watched this several weeks ago and I was texting you during it because it was uncomfortable how clear they were that they were fixated on their media critics Mm -hmm. and how their media critics are going to paint them as fools, but they are not. (laughs) They are wise people who are simply believing God. Mm -hmm. And And God seems to have a way of just putting you as a righteous person right in the crosshairs of all of these cynics. Cynics, exactly. Yeah. But the way that they get this message across is through a tortured metaphor where (laughs) Noah is a modern day shipbuilder. Is he a shipbuilder in it? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go ahead and build a ship. He's in the process of making a ship. That's right. It's being built on the hill behind him. Yeah. You know what? I said modern day, but X that. He's not modern day in this version. He is a contemporary, pre flood contemporary. Yes, exactly. And a reporter. From the local it's the media outlet. The Pangea Independent Tabloid. Yeah, okay. AKA the Pit. <laughs> <laughs> she comes and interviews him and does this real gotcha journalism where she's rolling her eyes at him and making him seem foolish when actually he's not. And she's very unlikable. And then she has this staff sitting behind her, these men all in supporting roles, if you can imagine that. <laughs> no. And they're, <laughs> they're I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, things are really out of the natural exactly. order. <laughs> and so she's bossing this guy around and being a real asshole. And yeah. then her seconds of command are writing down everything she says. And yeah, 
the the di- yeah, I was like, oh, this is us. They are talking about us. The dialogue and the acting is just full of eye rolls and oh, you think that's a good idea, do you, Noah? Yeah. Oh wow, okay, you're building your little boat. So you, your family, a bunch of useless animals. What about the rest of us? Are you planning on bringing extra food and water in case any of us want to come along if we so choose? Are you telling me you believe this? No, it just seems a big lifeboat for you and your family alone is a little selfish, don't you think? Well, I suppose uh, anyone God brings, we will welcome. Oh, woo, great, glad that's arranged. It's just uh, thick and dripping with sarcasm. Yes. And I mean, I don't think it was us personally. I don't think they know who we are. But I was like, our, oh, this is kind. this I, is the role we fill in your mind, no matter how nice we try to be in the actual approach I, with you in the room. Yeah, I, I felt a little called out, especially yeah. at the end. But as you were saying, like when they flash your face on screen at the end. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I love it. Memorize this face. Rogues gallery. <laughs> I might be okay with that if you want to add that to the film. So yeah, the whole premise is that they've asked for an interview with Noah and they're going to print it on the city walls. So like, like you do. Like you said, she comes up. Her name is Ada. Ada. That's right. Not Ada. Yeah. Ada. Ada. And then you've got this big hulking muscled dude named Keenan. And I guess his job is to transcribe. And then there's this guy named Jared who comes up behind them. And he's got an easel and he's going to be the artist. He's painting the scene mm-hmm. for the uh, article that, that she's producing. And they're all covered in tattoos and they're wearing leather. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of eye makeup. She looks too cool. They would listen to punk music if it existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Metal I- music, worse. <laughs> exactly. And the lighting is all like greenish and you've got all these menacing clouds in the sky. So you feel like the earth's getting ready to flood. What do you think of the acting, Carrie? They hired actors for this. Mm. You know, I remember thinking that a later video had pretty surprisingly satisfactory acting. This one, I don't remember all that much standing out to me. I think my bar going in would be low. I would be expecting a C minus and would be satisfied with it. But I don't know. Nothing's, I'm not remembering anything. Okay. I just thought you'd have very strong opinions on it, stronger than mine. I mean, these are actors uh, clearly hired for this role, but it's so on the nose and the dialogue they've been given is so unnuanced. It feels like a propaganda piece because it is. Yeah, it's a very presentational, like once upon a mattress kind of characters Mm -hmm. where it's like, this person's good, this person's bad. That's all you need to know. Well, boys, there's our lead. Keenan, did you get all that? The earth is filled with violence and sin. You know what you call sin? I call freedom, you bigot. Kanan, we're not here for your opinion. Sit down, do your job. Just write down whatever he says. You disgust me. Sorry. Okay, so let me get this straight. Many decades ago, God tells you he's going to destroy the world, but he wants you to build the world's biggest lifeboat. Yes. And all these years, you've been hard at work, except for one tiny detail. Which is? There's no flood! Oh, there will be. Right. Ever tempted to just, you know, call it good enough? Throw in the towel? Well, I'm going to finish this ship if that's what you're asking. Okay. 
He's going to finish his ship. And as Noah is trying to patiently describe these things to them and answer their jeering questions, then you've got like his son running up to interrupt him because, you know, what do we do with the dagger teeth? You know, that's what they call the T-Rex skeleton that they've got. And he says, well, don't worry, they'll bring a juvenile. And then you've got like these metal workers who come up and they're practically fighting with each other. They're ready to like have a little knife fight because one wants to use iron and the other one wants to use bronze. Mm, and Noah, Noah has to grab one of them, knock the knife out of his hand and then say, use iron. <laughs> Like they're the contractors he's hired to help out with this. Well, we should make him out of bronze if you want him to resist corrosion. We're building a ship here. You ever think about that? Iron brains. I work with iron. You work with bronze. You're just trying to steal my contract. Well, over my dead body. <sighs> Happy to oblige. <laughs> Which conflicts with what they just said earlier, that nobody knew that the flood was coming mm. because uh, he was obviously telling these folks. All right. He's trying to get the word out. Yeah, which is another thing. Like the books, they depict Noah as trying to tell people about the creator and preach for the most high. I mean, what's the point if God's already promised that there is a flood coming and he will destroy everyone except the eight people I have mentioned? What is the purpose of ministering to all these people? I would take so long building that ship. I would intentionally be like, well, you're <laughs> waiting for me, so I'm just going to do like a board a year and save humanity. Yeah, but they dance to metal music. Oh, they deserve I didn't think to about die. that. That's fair. That's a good point. So Don't get me started on giants. She mocks him at the end like, oh, people are going to love this when we post it on the city wall. And then you see that the artist has just been painting this, I don't know, like impressionist Picasso version of Noah that's a caricature. Oh, I think I missed that part. Okay. Uh, so they all pick up and they leave. And then Mzara, that's Noah's wife, she comes up to him. And they look at the camera kind of at us, <laughs> the journalist and the associates leaving. And she says, how did it go? And Noah says, oh, about as bad as I expected. And again, looking at us, she says, well, scoffer's going to scoff. <laughs> and I, I loved it. I, Ooh, took, called I, took, out. I took a picture of that. I felt totally called out. It was yeah. hilarious. And Noah said, ah, I do wish they would listen. Oh, we listened for a really long time. And then the credits roll. <laughs> we listened for so long. So, yeah, that was the Noah interview. Yeah. Which uh, takes up the... Four stars. The uh, Out of 15. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I figured this would be a good opportunity for us to also talk about the next film. Yes. So, yes. next time we'll get Home back... Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Next time we'll launch into the animals on display on the second floor of the Argo. We've got some exciting ones there, but let's head directly. We're going to teleport upstairs to the third floor because right above this little theater with benches where they're playing the Noah interview, they have a repeating film called As in the Days of Noah. Yes, which is the sequel. Yeah. So what they've done now is, and this is so clever, Carrie. So they had... <laughs> The reporter mm -hmm. from The Pit, the Pangea mm -hmm. independent tabloid, which, by the way, I think is hilarious having read another article about their beliefs on Pangea. <laughs> we'll save that for later. But okay. let's just say that they felt that the landmass at the time was 
pre-Pangea, and okay. Pangea only existed for one week during the flood. Oh, for Lord's sake. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Wh- did the rain force the continents together? A listener sent this uh, link from the Answers in Genesis site, uh, and it was- Covering my face. It was pretty golly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so this time now, we have shot forward to modern days. Okay. So we're on the, yes. we're on the third deck. We're now in modern times, but- all the actors are going to be the same. So now right. we have- a, Let's make this metaphor as crystal clear as possible. Mm-hmm. As in the time of Noah, so today, the same exact things are going on. So we have a journalist. Mm-hmm. And, same actress. And she is working for also the pit. It's a tabloid, but I don't think they tell us what it stands for. Oh, they do. It's progressive independent tabloid. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Progressive. And I still need to find out what POD stands for. I never got a reply. That's the little robot from the VR experience. Oh, right. Progressive independent I bet he's tabloid. just pod and they put dots in it and they shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, quite possibly. I wish they'd just tell me. And her name is even the same. She's called Ada. Right. So she works for this tabloid. Well, first of all, she works in New York, but she has a British accent, but she's like 22. I got so hung up on her backstory. I was like, she moved from London to (laughs) New York and is already like knee deep in human interest stories about like suburban America. Well, it's weird. She painted it as like almost a punishment or just trying to earn enough money. Yeah. That she's writing for this tabloid, yeah, uh, aspiring to greater roles. But anyway, okay, so she comes out to interview Noah, but instead of Noah this time, it is someone who runs basically the Ark Encounter. Yeah, who is the same actor who played Noah. Yes. And he's calling himself Noah, and he's a general manager at the Ark Encounter, except he's an actor who was hired to play this role, has a different name, but... Pretty good actor. Um, yeah, yeah. Did fine, especially with what they gave him. You know, this is very awkward to be proselytizing oh God, on screen. Yes. Boy, is it, again, right on the nose. There was a younger male actor who was also really good, who was, I think he was the scribe or whatever, or the cameraman. Or, oh, okay. Anyway. They have this whole scene, like, to get them there to the arc. Her boss pulls her in. He says, color them ridiculous. And, and, <laughs> Just like every good editor does. And as she's leaving, and greedy. Yeah, this is how they view journalists. <laughs> it's like Scientology, like with how they view journalists. Mm. This is kind of how the Ark Encounter views journalists because they make them sometimes look ridiculous and greedy. You decide what your conclusion is and then you go out and find it. Yeah, I mean, And she gets terrible. assigned Keenan and Jared and you like follow them in the car as they drive out to Kentucky from New York. And it's a very little When Harry Met Sally style road trip. Yeah, though there will be little moments of them being sarcastic with each other, just yeah. kind of biting and self-interested and just not very good people. How fun are these people, though? Yeah, I mean, yes, you're right. They're not good people, but also they're fun, like big characters we're seeing on this road yeah. trip. And mm-hmm. it's got this whole cinematic thing going on. They really wanted to make this a whole movie, this one. The first one isn't oh, like yeah. that. But this one, they're like, you know, there's like fade ins, fade outs, big musical cues. Good point. Yeah, Yeah, it just like really felt like, oh, you really thought this was a whole movie, huh? (laughs) So they start the interview with 
this Noah. Mm -hmm. And so he's kind of bragging about how this is the largest freestanding timber structure. And she keeps calling it a monstrosity. But then he notices she's wearing a cross necklace. I noticed that too. Yeah. And so he says, oh, who gave you that? Oh, my grandma was very religious. Yeah. And so he latches onto that. Oh, so was mine. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. Tries to kind of make this little human connection with her and throw her off her game of these nasty questions because she's trying to hit him on like how much tax money did you get and Mm -hmm. he says we received zero tax dollars for this which i feel is not quite true but it's a more complicated story than that yeah i can't wait for us to get there unpack that that later too much yet but this is all very surrogate for ken ham surrogate Mm -hmm. for the ark encounter and yet we're not going to be clear about which claims here we will actually own i don't know which of these you're owning as like true about the ark encounter Mm. and which one of these you're just saying are fictional yeah because i mean this representative is fictional and i wonder if ken ham wanted to insert himself in this film yeah there was a discussion about this about not having him play that role so eventually but ken ham absolutely thinks he's noah like oh, figuratively, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's the Noah figure. Heard a message from God and yeah, he's acting he's on it. He's doing it. So as the tax questions come up and she's yeah. trying to get a little more biting in her questions, he says, Well, you can ask me anything you want, but first let me show you this new exhibit that we're working on. It's not ready for the public yet, but I think it'll be helpful. And then you can ask me whatever. So he leads her down into the ark along with the crew and sit in this area. She's like, What are you gonna do? Show us a film? He's like, Well, kind of. And so they're sitting on benches just like I am in the ark. I'm sitting on this bench watching, but it's this auditorium. And oh, yeah, this film starts playing. So we're sort of watching the film with them. And it's talking about, you know, God created the earth and made it perfect. And then on this green grass with mist in the background, out comes Ray Comfort, Ray Comfort. <laughs> the, the Australian creationist. A joke figure. I don't know. I have a hard time seeing him as anything other than a joke figure. He's the one responsible for the atheist nightmare banana problem. Like that video online with him and Kirk Cameron saying, look how perfectly designed the banana is. Okay, let me try to steal Man Ray Comfort. So he's like a street missionary. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, yes, he is. uh, Who goes up to people and tries to convince them that they need Jesus using these kind of cheaply crafted little verbal tricks. Yeah. So, Carrie, have you ever told a lie? I have. Oh, what does that make you? A liar. Oh, interesting. Okay. And have you ever taken something that doesn't belong to you? Yeah. Okay. So what would you call someone who does that? A thief. Oh, interesting. And so you would agree that you have sinned? Yeah. Okay. Well, what is the punishment for sin? I don't know. What is it? It's death. It's death? Yeah. That seems overkill. Okay. Right. But God okay. has sent his son as a sacrifice and he will take your for place. Him? He actually makes all these points in this little movie yep. within a movie. By the way, he comes out as a hologram. He steps out <laughs> of the screen. And so they've composited him as this little like glowing, like, you know, Emperor Palpatine hologram that pops up. Yeah, off very the stage. Captain EO, if you ever <laughs> oh, there you went go. to sure. Disneyland when Captain EO was there. I, like, why? What is this doing? And I don't know. That just seemed like a weird decision, but totally. It's derailing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Why is he a hologram now? I guess we can get up close to her and interact with her, even though it's a pre-recorded interaction. Anyways, so yeah, he does that whole sinner. And he says, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? And you see those two men who came along, the camera crew. They have. They Yeah, they look all convicted. Oh, we both want to fuck our coworker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. All the time. So then he 
gives this analogy of the court. You've been dragged in front of the judge and you owe more money than you can ever pay. But then Jesus comes in and he offers to pay the debt for you. And that's what he's done in your life. He's offered to do this for you. Because God needed somebody to die. And of course, very dramatic music in the background playing the orchestral score behind Ray Comfort's words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he warns, you know, you need to get right with God. And every minute, a hundred people die. And then he gives you like the mm-hmm. per hour, per day, per year, 54 million people die per year. Don't wow. harden your heart. And then he says, thank you for listening to me. And he disappears from the hologram. So then Noah turns, the modern day Noah turns to Adah and says like, what do you think? And You can just see, oh, she's so moved and convicted and barely can talk and said, okay, well, I think we should finish the interview outside. So she goes out with her guys and they're all getting ready to set up. And she says, hold on, I think I left my phone. And she goes back to the ark and the door is locked. Oh no, she can't open the oh, door. Oh, that's right, that's right. She knocks on it, please let me in. <laughs> And so Noah opens the door for her. They speak at the threshold because you see, Carrie, the threshold is a visual metaphor uh-huh. for a change in one's life. Yeah, I see. Yeah, Cro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like crossing the threshold. Uh-huh. Oh, you, you get it. Already. I think I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got it four minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, oh all right. Well, <laughs> I thought this was very profound. And I think this is where Noah, our actor, gives his best performance because this poor guy just has to deliver this little boring Christian spiel about her accepting Jesus. And he does it so believably. Well, dressed like a Best Buy employee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does give her this little earnest talk about, uh, well, she's asking, like, do you think there's any hope for someone like me? He says, well, Ada, I mean, what do you think your grandmother would say? I think she gave you that necklace to remind you that Christ paid that price for you. Mm -hmm. He was condemned. He was executed for you. Which is interesting because it's always said like for you, Carrie, for you, Ross, for you, Jeff. But come on, he died for everybody. So do you get to divide that a little bit? Oh, right, right, right. That yeah, you really only get like a billionth. Right. He died for billions of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, great. But every time you slice it, it gets a little less impressive. Yeah, there's that whole, if you sin, you're putting another nail in his hands. I'm like, that. no. That's a lot of nails. That's too many nails. Yeah, you wouldn't see Jesus behind all the nails <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah, come on. We were just trying to hold a guy up here. Every time a person sins? Yeah. Wow, that's too many nails. Right? And, you know, he came back to life three days later. So I've heard it very sacrilegiously put, Jesus had a bad weekend for you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm the scoffer now. But <laughs> when you think about when you do the math of it, you know, it's not quite as impressive as he did all of this just for, for you. For me like, personally well, and just me. Kind of no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That like, let's say your brother gives up his kidney mm-hmm. so that you can live. Mm-hmm. But your brother says... If I die during this operation, please go to Stanford. And then he dies. Okay. Now you really do feel like, oh, man, I got to go to Stanford. Mm -hmm. One person gave this much for just me and had a specific wish for just me. I like where you're going with this. But Jesus, yeah, it's like... He did this for every single person, and I'm supposed to feel personally does, obligated does to return the, whole the favor in some way. world for all time go to Stanford? Yeah, exactly. Not do as, we all go to Stanford? Not as practical. It's hard to get in. Got 100% on my final. At Stanford? No, at Harvard. Oh, actually, I see why you were confused, because I rarely <laughs> talk about this, but oh, you I've been taking classes at Harvard Extension oh, School. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I've been taking this class on psychological resilience, nailing it, and... 
I got 100% so far on the final, but I say so far because the short answer isn't graded. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. What are we talking about? Jesus' sacrifice. A little more important. Yeah, it's not. And of course, even if we accept all of that, then you have to ask again, why does someone have to die? Why is that the standard? God said it. Why can't forgiveness be forgiveness? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's always You're like, God. there is a, a rule that death is the punishment. Well, who made the rule? Oh, you did? Oh, Dave. It sounds like Dave sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're already working a little exception to the rule. You've like worked a little sneaky shim where someone else dies in substitution. Why not just like forgive? Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone killed the hostage. And instead of us dealing... With the murderer, we're like, thank you, hostage. <laughs> but well, we, you should deal with the murderer. Yeah. Who is God in this metaphor. Things to think about. Things to think about. Well, she didn't have much time to think about it. And she was overcome. And she leaves the ark. And next thing you know, we see her boss back at the office in New York. He's watching the video online, Close Encounters of the Biblical Kind. And she's talking about, oh, it's a wonderful place to go. And there's so much, you know, wonderful handiwork and you should take the whole family. And so she comes into the office. He's like, what is this? This person looks like you, but this isn't the journalism I was asking for. And she said, well, it's all true. And I came back a changed person. And here, I even got you something. And she leaves a bag on his desk. And so she leaves and he opens it up and there's an Ark Encounter hat. And he puts it on and he's looking at himself in the mirror and she comes in and sees him. He doesn't see her, though. Yeah. And uh, she's just spying. She just on him. smiles knowingly. That's right. Starting to change his heart as well. With a baseball cap. He loves the Ark Encounter what does baseball that even mean? cap. Yeah, yeah. It really just looks like him being vain. Yeah. Yeah. Himself. He just looks at himself in the mirror and is like, yeah, I like this hat. I would also like that hat. But she's all visually changed, too. She's wearing softer colors, softer mm. makeup. And she, she looks like she's ready to be a good Christian housewife now, <laughs> essentially. Her British accent just melts <laughs> away. <laughs> okay. Well, scoffers going to scoff. Yeah. <laughs> That's our take on I this, guess so. these two films. They're competently made. Production values wise. Yes. As we can say with pretty much everything at the Ark. Yeah. High quality level. Yeah. Ken Ham cares about that. He wants it to look good. Oh, I was going to mention earlier, they opened on a July 7th. I was surprised they didn't wait 10 days later because then they could have opened on a July 17th. That's when Disneyland opened. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, 1955. There was also something in the middle of February in a Noah story you told me. This is like on Noah's 600th year in the second month. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's when the floodwaters started falling. Started. Okay. Yeah, it, they should open then. February 17th. So right? specific. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a different calendar then. Probably some <laughs> kind of lunar calendar. Right. I'm going to say that they, Noah's Ark happened on February 17th. It's not less true than anything else. Yeah, I bet they have a theory about which exact day that was. You'd think, but they gave up on the Garden of Eden so easy. Who knows with these people? They're like, we don't need to know where the Garden of Eden is, but we need to know the kind of wood they made this peg out of. It's so <laughs> random. All the details that they can defend, they're there yeah. defending them. Yeah, with these two films, as with so many other things here, I don't think they're intended for the non-believer, for the sure. skeptic. It's to, honestly, to harden the heart and harden the mind of the Christians yeah. to make sure that they're ready to feel good about themselves when they 
encounter those kinds of questions. Encounter those questions and either give the answers that they've been instructed to give here or kind of put their fingers in their ears and go, meh, 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 meh. Yeah, it's the same thing Scientology does where they're like, we're going to poison the well such that as soon as someone even asks you these earnest questions, you're going to see them as dishonest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That brings up an interesting point. Like the way they even depicted these other people, Ada and Keenan and Jared, it seemed like simultaneously they were judging them in the depiction as these are not serious people. These are not reverential people. These are not people worthy of full consideration. But at the same time, they're trying to balance that Christian concern for, oh, it's another soul. It's another human I really Mm, need to care about. So it's a hard line to walk kind of pious film like this. Mm -hmm. The modern Noah in that last film, he did even say, we made this for skeptics, for non-believers, even people who are outright hostile to God. Okay, so, okay. And when she asked him why, he said, because we want God's best for everybody. So I'm going to take that at face value. Yeah. But yeah, I think that they're being a little on the offense, trying Mm -hmm. to preempt some of the criticisms. And then later on, when someone reads an article about the tax dealings or what have you, you know, scandal about the Ark, that Mm -hmm. they'll think, oh, well, that's just one of these scoffers. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I bet they really genuinely want to save people. I really bet that part's true. Yeah, I fully believe that too. One moment where I really related to Noah in the second video Mm. was when he said, well, you know, look at my uncomfortable position. Mm -hmm. I know about your demise and I can tell you or I cannot. Mm-hmm. How rude will I be if I don't tell you? Yeah, you're and, right. And that's the position that I do always. I say to people when they're annoyed by like door-to-door preachers or whatever, I'm like, think about this position they're in. Yeah. It is so uncomfortable to yeah. be like, you personally are going to perish in a lake of fire. And for social propriety, I should not tell you. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if I really believe this, I really need to make I that not happen for you. you. And yeah. the people who believe it most are going to and care the most about other people. Yeah, want to go out there and proselytize, which I think is a good reminder for us to when we see someone proselytizing mm-hmm. to remember that charitable thought like, OK, yeah. they do care. They believe they're this. doing something very sweet. They're feeling they have to do this despite what's very uncomfortable, even though I think. It was a brilliant insight I remember seeing online that the exercise of going door to door to to put yourself in that awkward situation is probably more for the church to create a sense of isolation for that person because they're going to experience some rejection and then they're going to have it all the more reinforced that the only people who understand and accept me and don't treat me like this, make me feel like this are my fellow believers. So it serves kind of a dual purpose there. Yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but I'm sure that's a byproduct. Why it's so effective and not effective maybe in the way it's said to Mm -hmm. be. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. When somebody does proselytize to me, well, Hey, I'm interested in just seeing how the conversation goes and and what they've been taught to present and how it comes out and how they respond to things. So I like being proselytized at actually. Me too. And I mean, and when we're in those conversations, it sounds nothing like this, you know, Mm. (laughs) we can stop because we're talking to each other, but a different starting point, of course. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think these people are totally sincere. That's a good thing to note. And I, and I fully agree. Okay, so we hopped up to the third deck a little bit. Next time, we'll pop back down to the second deck. We'll look at some more animals together. It'll be great. And uh, we'll keep touring Noah's Ark. Okay, cool. Thanks for coming along with me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for going and for looking around. I wouldn't have 
Even locked up. Super fun. Like I said, every time I had like a break from one of the classes or a meal, if I had half an hour, that was enough time to like get to the arc, wow. see something new and get back. You know, it took me many passes. And by the end of it, I felt like I could be a docent on this arc. This story has a real arc. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, you launched this joke and then like, like a skeet shooter, you just shot it right down. You gave birth to it. Yeah, that's You launched right. it up in there and flew away and you shot it. <laughs> I was immediately regretful. It was kind of like God. I was immediately like, I'm not proud of my creation. I need to drown it in a flood. Yeah, that's right. And start over. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for coming along on this journey with us. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. We have the socials. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter mm -hmm. or individually on Instagram. That's true. Learn more about our lives. Figure it out. And we'll post because at this point, people got to see these pictures. So you got to see the pictures. I'll put them up either in a good form or in the easiest form I can do. You can also support our going to creation museums and other things by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Oh, and those other things are happening. We've got some really fun. Yeah, we have a few cool things in 2023. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're putting out some cash right now. So yes, if you can become a supporter, that would be so helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who does support us and makes the show possible. And remember. Bye now, Noah. <laughs> Happy sailing. Your story will be posted on the city walls next week. I am sure you will be quite, <laughs> quite, quite. Popular! <laughs> <laughs>